I'm your host, Liam, VP of Marketing at Cognizant, and I'm joined by Olga Denisova, VP of Marketing at Samrush. So let's get started. This podcast episode will discuss the nuanced balance between create demand and capture demand, why B2B marketers need to be, be creating demand and not just capturing it, and how this approach better fits the way modern buyers buy. We'll reveal what do we mean by create demand and capture demand, the problems and pitfalls of only focusing on capture demand, and why create demand is so important for the new generation of buyer, and how to start incorporating create demand plays. So first things, Olga, could you introduce yourself, a bit of your history, where you work, um, and so the listeners have an understanding of where you're coming from on this subject? Yeah, sure. So my name is Olga. As you already know, I lead the digital marketing department in Samrush. That means I lead more than 40 people in all types of communications, advertising, email marketing, affiliates, you name it. Uh, and prior to Samrush, overall, I've been doing marketing for more than 14 years now. And uh, I've done like everything, like startups, high growth companies, enterprise companies. So I learned a lot along the way. And uh, I've seen like the marketing unfolding and developing. So yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting yeah, great. Thanks for, well, we're, we're really happy to have you. So um, we kind of want to jump straight in then uh, and say, um, and so what we're really super interested in is getting into like the detail of what create versus capture demand is. Um, and I was wondering if you could share with us your view on the subject and give a def- definition to the listeners um, for those who might not know what the difference between create and capture demand is. Yes, of course. So I'll start with capturing demand. Uh, it's I see it fairly simpler and uh, it's as simple as converting those who already know that they have a problem and they need a solution like yours. And uh, the, the best way to illustrate it is when someone types in in search what they are looking for, and then you serve them the, your ad. So for example, in Samrush's case, uh, someone types in, okay, I need SEO keyword uh, tools. And there you go, we show them the ad, meaning that they already have some pain and they're looking for a solution to solve this pain. Creating demand is totally opposite of it. Uh, so this user may not even be aware they have a problem or an opportunity, and they may not realize that they need your solution. So in your case, you can actually show them all the opportunities, all everything they have never considered, and then these users may realize, okay, I may need to... Uh, to watch this solution and see how it fits my needs. And any major inventions, any innovations, they are always about creating demand. So a perfect example of it is like you had no idea that you needed an iPhone before you had it, right? Uh, So that's the way that like, uh, the best uh, of marketers, they actually create new niches and they creating new demands for us. So the bottom line, Capturing demand is converting someone who already knows they need you. Creating demand is converting those that have no idea that they need you. I think it's um, a really interesting point you make about if any new innovation, like any new categories, like create demand is like absolutely essential. So for like for us at Cognizant, like the category exists like quite strongly. We've got some, we've got a ton of competitors so you can have like a temptation, I suppose, to just go out and capture demand. Like you think, oh, all of the demand is available, and and then I'm like, I'll go, I'll go just grab that. Um, but if you're like, like 
starting iPhone, for example, or creating a new category, there is actually no demand to capture, I suppose. And uh, well, then you have to do the create demand. Um, I suppose the interesting point and kind of like what we'll like feed onto next is like, um, I suppose what, how you would like, why you would use like, I suppose like create demand in general. Um, say you've got loads of demand to capture. Why is it still important to then go out there and, and create demand? And, and you're not just, you know, just stick with it and just say, oh, well, we can just go steal all of the customers of our competitor, I suppose. Yes, yes. No, this is a great question. I think if you don't consider creating demand, you put yourself in danger. Uh, you're putting yourself in danger and your future in danger. Because first, you limit yourself. Second, you play uh, with your competition over a very narrow niche. And imagine that, again, something happens and your competition is getting stronger. And uh, for some reason, you do not necessarily may be able to win over the competition. So basically, you put yourself, you, you're setting your, uh, yourself up for a failure. So and the third point is, again, it's all about the future. It's all about the way that you understand the market. If you're just sitting on already existing demand, you do not understand what comes next. You do not understand the pain points of users. You do not understand how the future unfolds. So meaning that basically you put yourself in a very passive uh, position. You do not own your future because everything you, you are there like you know on the mercy of the market and that's it and uh, i think all of us know that uh you need to you know to uh, to have control over the future otherwise you are going to lose the game so in other words if you do not consider creating demand you just jeopardize the whole future of your team and the whole company mm -hmm. that actually i'm just thinking about the way you word it really if you live in just capturing demand, like capturing what's available at that, you're kind of just, you're just operating in the present. You're, and, and actually, if you want to like future-proof yourself and like work towards what's like next, what's going to come and always make sure that your, your like business and marketing strategy is viable, then you have to create demand to, to be ready for it. Otherwise, yeah, you're just, you're, as soon as the current like, market the current bit you occupy is over then your capture demand strategy would just go with it so that's super yeah. interesting yeah um so we're really passionate about the fact that b2b buying behavior has changed and that it's the marketer's job in that to figure out the best way to reach those buyers in a way that better serves them and in a way they like to buy so for example Often we'd say that buyers now want to self-serve. They don't really want to speak to a salesperson until they're in the buying phase. Um, they don't want to be sort of handed through a funnel anymore. Um, so which means they've done most of their research by the time they've come to you. So how can marketers use a create demand strategy and activity to reach these customers before it's too late? Yeah, I love it. Uh, so I think the first key secret to that is that your marketing, your uh, when you want to create demand, your marketing cannot read like marketing, meaning that, uh, for example, you are creating some content uh, with the purpose of creating demand. It should not be selling content. It should you, you need to elevate yourself like one level higher and to think about in general. So what value can I bring to this particular user? So if you're working again on on some particular niche, like move yourself up to the industry level okay so this is the industry uh this is where it's heading so this is the value that you can you as a user can in general 
get from solutions like that. So in other words, it's all about like informing, educating, you know, fostering uh, development and really caring about your customers, you know, so forget about sales. So again, what value in general you can bring to a customer and it translates in all variety of content formats, right? So you can do um, all types of educational videos uh, like short, uh, short term, um, short form, content like longer blogs it doesn't uh, it doesn't really mean like again what type of content you create most important it should not be you know oh, okay no this this is marketing no it should not read like this and one of the greatest examples i think um that we see in the industry is hubspot uh so HubSpot is known as a, as a great source of information for all types of marketing questions. So not necessarily about like marketing automation or CRM, like their specialization, but in general, like what can I learn from HubSpot? And this is, I think, uh, how they really uh, set themselves as a great example. Another example uh, is about SEMrush. Like we have SEMrush Academy and everyone knows that, okay, I can access tons of useful videos, none of them is going uh, to sell me some rush features. It will be more about, okay, what is SEO? What can I do with SEO? What can I do in digital marketing? So again, at the end of the day, it's the question of value and not selling something. So that's one part of it. Another part of it, I would say it's when we talk about capturing demand, it's usually uh, capturing users and driving driving them to our domain, to our website, to our blog, etc. So when it comes to creating demand, it's also about being at the same place where your user, you, where your users are, and it means not your website and <laughs> not your domain, but it's somewhere out there on podcasts, on YouTube videos, like uh, social media, et cetera, et cetera. It depends very much on uh, your industry and your niche, obviously. But the key point here is you need to really spend time and analyze your user's behavior. So where do they spend their time? Uh, and again, not only I create the value, but I need to communicate it the ways through the means that my users actually appreciate and uh, uh, and read and consume. Uh, so yeah, these are two key parts, I would say, uh, bringing value through educational content and being um, uh, using the means that your users uh, use. Out of interest, because you, you mentioned like the SEMrush Academy then, and to those two facets, um, how often would is the Academy brought up in, I don't know, either self-reported attribution or disco calls and stuff as like the, like the main place that they discovered you um and do you, how do you distribute it like where do you where do you put like the content from the academy that like sits where your your persona or buyer like you know hangs out basically yeah well obviously we have uh, we have it on our samraj domain uh and again tons of information there and you need to register for it and you can even like get certificated uh, certified and stuff but i've also post tons of information on youtube and uh it is for a reason uh according to the latest state of content uh, report uh num number one uh, v uh format that users appreciate uh is video so we kind of follow the suit here like uh, so that's why uh, that's why we again use YouTube really uh, really actively. But um, 
again, I would just elevate us one level higher. So uh, meaning that uh, when it comes to SEMrush Academy, it's not necessarily like promoting SEMrush Academy, like, hey, go and enroll uh, for a course. But in general, again, it's communicating what value we can bring you, uh, SEMrush can bring you as a, as an entrepreneur or as someone who is just uh, a marketer at the very beginning. So we do all types of educational newsletters, for, for example. And uh, um, a year ago, for example, we launched uh, several types of newsletters and, they, and we vary our content depending on the uh, maturity uh, of this particular user as a marketer. So there are like tips and tricks for more advanced marketers, tips and tricks for SMBs, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say it's very much um, your, a state of mind, uh, if you know, um, that, okay, we need to, again, communicate out there all the knowledge <laughs> that we have, and it will be beneficial for both of us. So there will be more marketers. Uh, and the, at the same time, yeah, obviously, they will need, will need some tools uh, to execute their marketing. Awesome. Awesome. That, I love, yeah, great to sort of understand it in a bit more, in a bit more detail. Um, so next question. As we were talking, we were saying about how if like create demand, no, capture demand is like the present and it's about going out and getting um, the demand that's already there and available and create demand is to help future-proof yourself and, you know, bring in that demand for, um, you know, months and years to come. How do you look at the problem of how then do you balance um, between activities of like capturing demand or creating demand and, you know, where do you put percentage, I suppose, of like, time and activity and budget and and that sort of thing yeah i think there is no universal recipe for it and it very much depends on what stage you are as a company and what business goals uh, your leadership uh put bef uh, in front of you right so let's say you are a startup and you really need to establish yourself and you need to prove to investors like that you are roi efficient and that there is actually demand for your services so here i would say in in the majority of cases uh, uh the easiest thing would be to go after capturing demand and focus on it again i'm not taking uh I'm not taking into account, again, bigger inventions, uh, obviously, but again, smaller startups are trying to establish themselves in the already existing markets. So if you are a company that that wants to expand in the markets and uh, that already established itself in the market, then I would say it will be a fair say to say that it can be like 30% investment being put into creating demand and like 70% being put into the uh, into capturing demand. Um, but again, it's very often about ROI, right? So depending on your CSC for capturing demand, you can understand, okay, so this is how I, I'm very much efficient in in converting existing demand. So this is how much I can invest into creating new demand. So uh, just, I would say some I wouldn't call it basic math, but some some data crunching uh, will definitely help you. And uh, the best thing that you can do is check with your leaders. Okay, so what are our expectations? And what is, again, ROI? What is the expected ROI? What's the expected cost per lead or cost per registration, et cetera, et cetera, and go from there uh, versus just saying, okay, this is like 50% uh, fifty of our budget just goes in there. So first, again, start with the uh, 
uh, economy of, of, of your company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually found this, this is an interesting like topic in general. I feel there was like a lot of information at some point that you could get out just from like listening on LinkedIn that it was always like this 80-20 split. Um, yeah. And I think at one point we actually tried to do, like implement it uh, at Cognizant and um, it was it was quite damaging like because uh, t- 20% was just was of the capture was just too small for us because like I said like, there's this huge it's a big category there's lots of existing demand to capture like um, so we just weren't we weren't doing enough of it um, so I found like yeah like there, you're right there is no there's no like one size fits all you kind of have to look at your own business look at your own objectives and find that balance that works for you because there's eventually going to be like yeah you'll eventually hit a peak of captured demand where you're you're wasting money and time um so you you, and you can find that split essentially yep so another question, uh, which I find interesting as well, like uh, from my perspective, to be honest, but you, you regularly share insightful content on um, your LinkedIn page. And do you consider this to be an extra channel for you to reach your audience and create demand for, for SEMrush? Absolutely, 100%. And uh, um, I think it's actually like LinkedIn thought leadership is a perfect example of creating the band. Um, because uh, when it comes to SEMrush, um, SEMrush for a very long time has been considered an SEO tool. It is not anymore, uh, uh, but still there is, again, uh, there are so many things that people do not know that SEMrush can do above SEO, about like the whole digital marketing. So in and to establish SEMrush as a thought leader in, in this, obviously it very much comes to, okay, so what SEMrush team has to say about this and i'll be very honest it's very challenging and demanding like to again to you know the bar the bar is really high Uh, but when you showcase what your company and your team can do in digital marketing then obviously again you establish not only personal brand and personal reputation but again your company reputation your company brand in digital marketing in general so obviously it's I would say it's a win-win solution uh, when, again, it's it helps us establish uh, the reputation of thought leaders uh, for me personally, but also for SEMrush as the company. So yeah, to your question, 100% a perfect example of creating demand. Yeah. And then you, like, I mean, you get the, there's the added benefit as well when you're doing it from your own profile, especially when you're marketing to kind of your own persona right is that you get to add yourself as like an authority to the to the content that you're you're putting out right and and like therefore you're not selling or like as you say where right, it doesn't feel like marketing when you're doing create demand you when you're posting you just feel like your knowledge giving to to your audience and the link to SEMrush is like like very like weak right so so it's like actually the perfect form of create demand in that sense right yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another thing is, it's very essential, again, when you're doing cre- uh, demand creation, uh, it's very essential, again, not to be focused on sales at all. So, for example, 
I don't log in uh, into my LinkedIn account thinking, okay, so how many sales leads am I going to generate? I know that there are there is a lot of people who set very particular target about like number of leads that they're going to generate in LinkedIn, and uh, it may be relevant for their particular area. But in our case, again, when it comes to community marketing, uh, we never measure it by revenue or generated leads. It's more about, again, the reach, the number of engage, uh, engagements that we were able uh, to think. And again, the value that, uh, that you can bring to a community. Um, so I would say that uh, creating demand can also be very much fulfilling uh, in comparison to capturing demand. So again, capturing demand, okay, people already came to you, but when you educate people and, and engage people, it feels very much different and uh, very much non-marketing. Uh, so I can definitely recommend it also to any marketer there to consider it just again for this great fulfill, fulfillment. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely yeah, the works. Create, the create demand is a lot more uh, like is where you can actually get more of your creative side as a marketer out across, right? Because you're yeah, yeah, like it's a bit. There's more of a an art to it, whereas capture demand is really scientific. Really, it's it's yeah. just getting making sure you you are capturing the people in the places that they're going to be, uh, or like, and it's very scientific like that. Whereas you know, create demand, you can talk about actually the like in your case, especially because it's about marketing, about the things that you're interested in. So, um, yeah, it's it's much, it's enjoyable in like a different way. Yes. Um, so next question, actually, uh, what on that, essentially, it's quite interesting. Um, what like, uh, do you have like a favorite example of like a create demand activity that you've run from your time at SEMrush? Yeah, I think I already mentioned SEMrush Academy. Uh, which is one of the brightest examples. Uh, but what I can also share, and this is a lot about creativity and going above and beyond, is our value selling campaigns uh, for SMB audience. So um, we created a set of, uh, it was like a totally big, like hell of a campaign <laughs> targeting uh, SMBs and solopreneurs. And it was, again, it was not about specific features. It was not about specific tools, but it was more about, okay, you're an entrepreneur and obviously you care a lot about your business and uh, you do not have time, you know, to uh, to do this real advanced marketing, but hey, there are like so many opportunities that you can double uh, down upon to again, increase the number of people coming to you. And it was again, very much about people, you know, uh, because when it comes to SMB, a solopreneur specifically, it's all about this particular person who created, you know, this uh, flower shop or bakery or something. And so we put them uh, at the very center. So it was it was not about marketing. It was not about revenue. It was about like, hey, you, you own the stage. You like you own your life and you can do so much more like and and you can like really really boost everything that you do through some tools and we are going to help you so uh that's like definitely one of my uh favorite examples that's like that's like a great example as well because of like it goes back to when you're doing create demand properly you're just being super customer centric which then makes it way more your 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 goal is how can i literally help someone how can i deliver value rather than being you know, led by like, oh, <laughs> how am I going to immediately turn the need, like move the needle here and get revenue? You could be like, no, I just want to 
yeah, I just want to help this person. And then that makes it all the more exciting. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give to B2B marketers hoping to get started with create demand activity and what some of the low hanging fruit and easy ways to get started? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned before, always start uh, with the internal analysis and market research. So uh, don't jump to quick conclusions. Oh, this worked for someone, then I'm going to adapt it as well. Now instead, do it. Uh, do some reverse engineering. So this is uh, how profitable we are. These are our goals and like do some reverse engineer. Okay, so this is how much I can allocate towards create, creating demand. And so once you've done this uh, reverse uh, math, um, obviously again, do market research and uh, think about, okay, where your audience sits, uh, where your audience spends your time. And uh, I'm quite sure that a great majority of your people of your potential customers spend a lot of time on social media. And uh, uh, again, we just discussed LinkedIn, right? Uh, so it means that, hey, like number one, potential low hanging fruit uh, is social. And depending on your niche, it may be again, LinkedIn, it may be Facebook, it may be Twitch, it may be TikTok, but it does not need tons of investment. And it gives you an additional benefit of creating community about you. And uh, um, people, they want to hear from people, right? So creating community around your solution, around your brand, um, also has this, you know, everlasting effect of like, okay, you do not only convert them into customer, uh, you convert users into your brand ambassadors. So, uh, I would definitely recommend checking with again what you can do about community uh the second part is again education educational content uh so uh that's for sure uh would be my uh my second uh, recommendation uh but again to close <laughs> to close the loop uh, on this particular question again i can't stress it enough go from market research and listen to your customer think about where they spend their time and what particular how can you help them? Don't ask yourself how I can convert them. Ask yourself, how can I help them? And it will answer, um, you'll get tons of answers. And so you probably kind of answered this one in that uh, in that question, <laughs> but um, this would be cool, like, I suppose, if you've got any ideas and like um, for the audience to be able to listen to, maybe jump on. But for those who don't have like a huge budget, right, that they could maybe go out and create demand using um, paid activity, how, how could they do it on a low budget? And then what would be, how would you go about it? What would be your tips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I partly covered it. So yeah, definitely community and social. Definitely ch uh, check this one out. I already mentioned the importance of video. So, and again, here we do not necessarily talk about, you know, high quality uh, videos being shot in studios and actors. No, definitely not. There is, hey, plenty AI solutions for you, you know, to, uh, to play around. So video is definitely a must, uh, a must check, I would say. And uh, also, yeah, think about, again, the content piece, uh, the content part. So, uh, and by content here, I mean, for example, blog. So do you have a blog and uh, how you can, and... Uh, uh, with blog comes email marketing so uh there is no such thing as free marketing as we know but definitely again uh, blogging and do really high quality emails uh it's relatively low cost and uh, it has like 
really, really impressive ROI if done smartly. Amazing. Um, and then our one last question then, so um, that we asked to, to everyone who comes on. Um, so what would be one thing that you would tell marketers to start, stop and continue doing based on the current marketing landscape? Okay. Um, I'll start with stop. I would say stop doing anything the way you used to do it before. It's a new year. It's a new market. It's new challenges. It's very much new customers, new users for you. So then I go to start. So start um, with complete audit and complete revamp of everything that you do. And uh, it comes to customer journey as well. So um, rethink your customer journey and think about, again, what, how do you hit the balance between creating demand and uh, capturing demand? And uh, another thing that you need to start doing is uh, stop measuring, <laughs> start and stop, uh, st start measuring, capturing demand and convert and uh, creating demand uh, the same manner. So uh, you need to differentiate them so you need to measure creating demand uh, by number of uh, re, uh, of registrations or visit to your website or you know views of your uh, content uh, so it's very much about the top of the funnel but it's not about the sales and instead you measure capturing demand by number of sales but uh, by generated revenue so the re recommendation here would be uh, to start uh, separate a uh, uh, separate uh, measurement of creating and capturing demand. And regarding continue, continue, uh, continue doing a great job. Uh, it's been uh, one hell of a beginning of a year, I would say. So many things uh, to happen. I'm quite sure that if you are here, you have already experienced tons of very interesting <laughs> challenges, to say the least. So just continue doing a great job you're doing. Awesome. So to recap that for the audience, really, it's stop running the same playbook, just repeating it uh, without coming back and reanalyzing your your audience, and then to start essentially um, an audit and to look at like your activity, customer journey, and focus on like measuring uh, activities correctly. So like demand ca capturing demand measuring that on what that is trying to achieve and you'll create demand on what that's trying to achieve and not getting the two the two mixed and then to continue just being you and uh doing a great job because you're, you're clearly smashing it i like that one it's super positive so uh, we could definitely <laughs> end on that note um just yeah all marketers out there keep doing being you and doing a great job um well thanks so much for um coming on the loop olga it's um been really insightful and um uh yeah really good to have your um insights on this demand uh capture and uh, create demand debate thank you thank you very much for having me it was a very delightful conversation <laughs>